Hello everyone, welcome back to the Michael Armstrong podcast show and this afternoon we're joined by Lena Levinsky who is a speech therapist pathologist uh, who is uh, and an entrepreneur as well uh, based in New York in the States so I think it's uh, early in the morning there uh, but how are you doing today Lena, you okay? I'm great, I'm, I'm lovely, I'm very excited to be here, thank you for having me. No problem at all, no problem at all. So, um, yes, um, we had a, a brief one-minute chat before going live on, <laughs> on the, the call, and I discovered that you're, um, you're based in New York and obviously originally from Poland. Yes. And, uh, and, and I actually have just met some lovely people who are into um, personal development, business coaching, uh, networking and all that, who are also uh, Polish, but they're based in Sydney. So mm -hmm. I'm going to um, introduce you to them following this call. Uh, I'm so excited. Uh, yeah, brilliant. Uh, I love doing that, connecting people. But um, tell us a little bit about your business. And the more I get to know about it, the more I may have other people in my network that I can connect you with as well. Well, that's great. Thank you so much. Um, so I am a content creator, podcaster. Um, and currently, I'm working on creating my, my course uh, and as well as accent coaching. Um, so really what I'm doing in my business is trying to inspire the immigrant community to dream big. Um, so looking for opportunities to do that. So first of all, I'm doing that through my podcast um, where I am interviewing immigrants, first generation um, citizens and world citizens um, who you know have those immigrant roots, um, who have been successful, who have amazing success stories um, and to share what they did in life, what they're currently working on, their stories, to hopefully inspire um, the immigrant community to also follow suit and pursue maybe these non-traditional roles that a lot of the times we end up um, working in, especially moving to a new country and not really knowing much about the environment, not having connections. Um, so that's really the premise. Um, and also I'm offering accent coaching because as you have mentioned, I am a speech language pathologist. Um, so I find that a lot of the times people who have an accent uh, hold back, not everybody, but there are some people who are afraid to put themselves out there because they're afraid of being judged for having a large accent um, or they don't feel like they fit in. Um, or that they would be a good fit for maybe a job that's um, a little bit, you know, with a bigger salary or in a company that's not a small company or like a, a big corporation or whatever their dream job might be just because yeah. they don't feel confident. Um, so that's really what I'm doing. And I'm also working on developing um, an e-course on that as well. Yeah, well, I've got a friend at the moment, funnily enough. I was just having this conversation with her the other day. She's Eastern oh. European. And she doesn't really like to speak on the phone or on, you know, podcasts, Zoom calls, anything really. I think she, again, maybe, you know, doesn't particularly like her accent or whatever, you know. Mm -hmm. I think that's what it, it boils down to. And I was saying, like, um, like it's great. It's, like, I love speaking to people from all over the world. Yeah. You know, so, so I, love, I love variety in anything, really. Variety is the spice of life. And, uh, and I was yeah. saying, like you know, you just gotta, maybe you might not like the sound of yourself. Most people don't like the sound of their own voice. It's just something which, yeah. you know, <laughs> they, they don't really like, but you know, you just get over it. Like, you know what I mean? You just learn, yeah. to, to, learn to get on with it. Like, you know what I mean? And right. I was, you uh, need that to confidence. Yeah, yeah. You just need confidence. And, and, and mm -hmm. that's the same. Um, 
So I was just saying you just need to start off small and layer it, like, you know what I mean? So start off by chatting on Zoom with your friends, then with some associates, and then with some people you don't know, and then and then do some podcasts, and then do some videos, and then do some lives. You know, it's just it's a layered approach. I, I myself have been through that layered approach. So, you know. Oh, if, me too. Yeah. yeah. I used to be terrified of online, uh, speaking in public. Like, I would get sweaty. I would get red. I would start to stutter. It was like my least favorite thing to do in the world. Yeah. Uh, but as I exposed myself to it, as I started to put myself out there, more and more came out of my comfort zone and did a lot of inner work um, to kind of, you know, on the self-love piece and really feeling my worth um, and a little bit of therapy because I think everybody needs therapy. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it changed. It changed. You just have to constantly work on yourself and put, put yourself out there like you just said. Um, because without that exposure, um, it's really hard because it's kind of in your head. You're like, Oh, I can't do this. This is so scary. But it's, it's really, you know, you just have to share your message with the world, whatever it might be. Yeah, that's right. And my friend's quite young as well. So I think, um, some people, um, they, they naturally get to that point at certain times in life. And usually as you get a bit older, you get a bit more confident in who you are in, in, in what you have to say in your message, all those sort of things, which I think all have a, an effect on on building that inner confidence so that you can uh, find your voice and, and speak up and, and say what you want to say. So I think with my, my, my friend, she's quite young, so, uh, you know, it, yeah. it'll come with time. Right? I do believe yeah. you, can you can accelerate that process, if you like, by, by probably speaking to people like yourself or just, you know, going through the steps. I hope so. I mean, I hope so. That's really my goal because you either embrace who you are, and I hope that you eventually do, um, because we're all beautiful human beings with different talents and different stories. Um, or if you really feel like this is something you need to work on, then you get coaching, you get, you know, accent modification, you, you, you work on it so that it doesn't hold you back from sharing your message, you know? So but this is, this is why I wanted to have that option for people because I modified my accent when I moved to the United States. I was 15 when I moved here. Um, and I really didn't speak much English. So then once I learned it, um, in high school, then I had a big accent, but a lot of my friends, I didn't have any Polish friends, like nobody. So, which is, which also helped me to learn English very quickly, but I just felt like an outsider because there was, you know, born here, everybody is speaking perfect English and, you know, correcting me or like saying like, you speak so cute. Like, what did you just say? Like, that was so sweet. Like, okay, well, I can't, this, you know, it wasn't necessarily the confidence boost you needed when you're like 16, 17 years old, when you're really getting to know the world and, you know, being in a completely new environment and you really need trying to set up your idea of who you are. Um, so I actually did it by myself. I didn't even realize it. No. I, I modified my own accent. Um, and then once I learned about speech language pathology, it just kind of like fit as a glove for me because it really was something that I felt like I wanted to do at the time. And then I didn't even know it was also accent modification was involved with that. I was like, wow. Yeah. So it's kind of like it came a full circle. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, um, yeah, but I think um, I mean, I'm, I, I'm massively into marketing and communications and, and, and storytelling, really. I've been in sales all yeah. my life. So, you know, I'm a good salesperson, which means I'm a good storyteller because, 
you know you've got to be able to tell stories and and, and people got to be able to remember them and then pitch them to their bosses or get decisions you know so the story is a big part of it all and communication is key Absolutely. so um yeah so, so so you know from from my point of view i think a lot of people who didn't have perfect accents it didn't sound right and this that and the other a long time ago they used to try and um uh, modify them if you like you know everyone's always got a, a posh telephone voice and a you know and a business voice or a corporate voice or whatever <laughs> you know when you're speaking to people I, I used to do corporate sales so I've modified my accent over the years and, and my words my voc vocabulary everything because of the corporate audience but actually there's right. a big trend there's a big trend in marketing and communications at the moment to um, to, to the push towards authenticity and and standing out and being different and unique and all of that so you know yeah, I think embracing um, who you are yeah. yeah yeah so that's that's interesting to see that you know it's gone full circle really and now yeah. if you like um, being different and having that USP is is key and sometimes an accent or something like that could be the differentiating factor yes I, and I agree with you a hundred percent so as long as it doesn't and, and I, what I uh, really think, as long as it doesn't affect your confidence, but also it doesn't affect your intelligibility, because accents are wonderful as long as people can understand you. Yeah. Uh, because once you have the uh, communication breakdown, when you're trying to say something and the person's like, I'm sorry, like, can you repeat that? Um, and after it happens like multiple times, it gets so frustrating. Yeah, it creates it, frustration it, between both parties. You, exactly. Yeah. And then it keeps you from really speaking a lot of times or speaking out outside of from like your comfort zone, like your friends and your family. So I think yeah. that's really when the modification comes into play. Not when you have an accent that's just like part of your culture or part of who you are, but everybody can understand you. You know, I think it's beautiful and you should yeah. totally embrace it. Yeah, I think uh, I think toned down accents, like you know, because because again, I understand completely that that problem because the UK gets phoned a lot by India, by Indian call centres, etc., and sometimes yeah. they have very bad accents. Like I say, bad mm -hmm. accents, bad bad English accents, as in you can't understand yeah. what they're saying. Exactly. And, and if, for example, they're phoning bus busy business people, busy business people haven't got time to repeat themselves four times, five times. They yeah. want to just get get the information across. Yeah. You know, and move on. Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah, we, we have those here too in the United States. And and yes, and sometimes it is really hard to understand. Um and like you said, time is money. They're trying to get through customers. They have a long list of so, so it's hard because it's frustrating for both parties. Um yeah. Yeah, yeah well, there's definitely been uh, there's definitely been people that I've said, listen, I don't understand what you're saying, unfortunately, so I've got to go, like you know. Yeah. And I'm yeah. patient. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a patient person. And I, and I like salespeople. You know, I'm one of those yeah. rare people who don't mind a sales call. But I, yeah. don't like, I don't like a sales call I can't understand. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And then it, and it gains to frustrate. I mean, leads to frustration from both parties. And it's just, yeah. yeah. And yeah. also, like, it's really hard over the phone because yeah. you cannot see the body language. No. And body language is about 93% of our communication. Um, so it's really hard um, because you can't tell their emotions a lot of the times. You can't tell really a lot of what they're trying to say. It, the body language helps in terms of understanding each other a lot. Yeah, so, yeah definitely. That that, that's why I think um, I, I used to do telesales before I did uh, field sales. And, um, uh, and and I find Zoom sales is like a bit of a middle ground between the two, you know? Yeah. 
which is everyone, so. everyone's doing Zoom sales now. You know, it used to be telesales, then field sales, and now it's Zoom sales. <laughs> Probably a little bit uh, easier in terms of like your time management and stuff. But yes. how do you find it? How do you find it? Do you like the Zoom sales over like the in, in field sales? Um, no, no. I, I, so, so actually, so I like uh, uh, coming from a telesales background and moving into field sales. I always made, um, I used to be a corporate sales director, so I turned a telesales team into a field sales team. But we always did the efficiency stuff on telesales still, because telesales is far more efficient than field sales. And, and Zoom is far more efficient than field sales as well. But, oh, okay. But field sales yeah. is better at um, building rapport, relationships, mm -hmm. trust, and getting higher value. Yeah. yeah. So and Zoom's a bit of the middle ground to that. So okay. you know, I think, yeah. So, so I, I think, guess it's um, a good solution. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 so it's, a, it's an efficiency solution, but it shouldn't okay. be utilized as the only solution. Okay. Yeah, uh, I agree. I agree because we crave that social connection. And if there is anything I, I think a lot of people learned during the quarantine is that you, you want to be with other people. So yeah. even for sales, I mean, that definitely comes into play. Yeah. You want to also like meet the person. You want to look at them eye to eye. You want to have that sometimes tangible product in front of you to see. So I, I definitely understand that. Yeah, definitely. So well, we, we used to have a rule. It's about coming up with a rule that's right for your product. But in the company that I worked in, I, I implemented the rule. that If the, the sale was going to be under £3,000, we would do it over the phone. But if it was above £3,000, we would go and see them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So it depends on the, the, the type of businesses you're seeing and who you, what the product is selling, etc. But right. I think there's a certain amount that people will go up to comfortably without having to build that trust that you need by face to face. Right. Exactly. Yeah. But, hmm. but, but obviously, you know, so, so if, if you've got product, that's a greater value though. And, and sometimes mm -hmm. you, you, you need to see, meet them and see them to sell that greater value, then you're better off going to meet them because yeah. you're going to get a, you can get higher average order values. You know, people, people will stop spending money at a certain level. I think that this is going back, like eight years ago, you know, when I was in a corporate world. Um, so my guess is now, if I was in that business, I'd probably put that level up a bit because I think more mm -hmm. people are more used to more online transactions, etc. Right, right. Yeah. I think so. I really think that the world has changed dramatically within the last few years in terms of yeah. consumerism and any type of purchases, really. Um, right, yeah. And it probably it's going to be even further, um, you know, it will be more based online now. I mean, it already is. So. Yeah. But you mentioned, obviously, you do the speaking and you're also an entrepreneur. Is the entrepreneur the side of, is still in the speaking space but with the online courses and that? Or do you do other entrepreneurial activities as well? So it's really right now um, focusing on coaching with the accents and uh, the online course, which is which I'm creating. Uh, but I'm very interested in, in business and I've been learning about it for so many years. So I think eventually what I want to do is tie it into like my further courses, really um, focusing on the immigrant community to help them in terms of like if they wanted to become an entrepreneur, you know, this is kind of like how to do that. Um, so eventually this is what, what I'm going to be moving towards. Um, but right now, really what I'm focusing on is the accent piece, um, the podcast and, uh, right. The, the course that I'm working on. 
yeah okay that's interesting because um yes we're, we're in very, very similar spaces really you work with the immigrant community i tend to work with just the entrepreneurial community young my, my, my mission in life i tend to work with a lot of older uh, entrepreneurs and have done for a while since i've been self-employed the last eight years um, mm -hmm. because older entrepreneurs i was helping them get used to technology etc and obviously some of those older entrepreneurs yeah. still need that getting used to technology but longer term i want to help inspire young entrepreneurs to actually get into entrepreneurialism and yeah. uh, and to learn all of the skills they need to to become great entrepreneurs so so i so, love that yeah mm -hmm. and that, that's the reason why i turned to podcasting is i put a lot of my content on podcasts so that yeah. if people want to train, they want coaching or training or mentor, but they, they can't afford me, I just direct them to my content and say, well, listen, listen to my content at your own steam, you know? Yeah. I mean, you can learn so much. There's so much great value in podcasting and interviews and YouTube. I mean, there's so much out there. Um, I mean, that's really how I've been learning, aside from, you know, some amazing books. I've been reading The Purple Cow right now. I said, yeah. go to like, there's a lot of great um, materials out there, but podcasting, you just learn so many nuggets of wisdom. It's incredible. Um, yeah. Well, I, I'm not a massive reader. I don't particularly, I've got too much energy and I'm too fast paced for reading. So I listen to a lot of audio books. So I listen to no, podcasts. And, yeah. yeah I listen I to, um, yeah, I've, I've done about 16 to 18 audio books during lockdown. Um, yeah. I probably listen to 40, 50 hour long speeches from keynote speakers because um, I do a lot of networking with keynote speakers. Yeah. And yeah. You know, you can't help, but you know, if you're listening off the right people and the information is the right information, if you listen a lot, yeah, it'll mm -hmm. settle in then. So it's key to pick the right people, the people who've been where you're, you're going, if you like, because they can 100%. tell you how to get there. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So I definitely have my favorite people that I follow or learn from. Um, or buy online courses from because online learning is is big and it's getting much bigger now. So yeah. there's so much amazing content out there. Um, yeah, but I agree. It's and I love that that niche, that young entrepreneurial niche, because I feel like now in the times we live in now, more and more people are thinking about doing something like that. And I don't know if it's the millennial community or whatever it is, but. You know they're moving away from those traditional um corporate roles and career roles um a lot of people are they're interested so i'm glad um, that you're there to guide them yeah i think um i think now people are starting to gauge what i've i've, I've been in lockdown for eight years if you like you know living that routine <laughs> um working from home you know um the work-life balance um you know um doing stuff online all that sort of stuff and i think people um um, the ones forced into having to do it during lockdown and, and actually seeing what I've seen up front, which was these massive benefits to be able to, to work from home and have a better work-life balance. And I think there's a load of youngsters now who've been forced into looking uh, online and different places because they've all lost their jobs because of COVID. They're the, yeah. the bottom rung and the ladder's the first to go. So yeah. that's the youngsters, you know. But, yeah. but what they've realised, which is what I realised a long time ago, is that the little thing we all have in our hand all day long and in our pockets is an office yeah, yeah. the iphone yeah, yeah? Uh, you've got a mini office in your hand uh, so there should sure. never be any reason to not actually go into business now because everything you need is in your hand exactly and it's so easily accessible and there's so many things you know that are free 
So you no. can really piece together a big um, part of what you need just no. by listening. It's going to take some time, but you know, once you really learn a lot of the basics that you need, go for it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's never been easier and it's never been a better time. And unfortunately, a lot of so. people get the idea and the inspiration to do something too later on in life when they've got a family and kids yeah. and bills and it's too big a risk. When actually the best yeah. time to start a business is when you've got nothing to lose, when you, you know, you're yeah. living at home with your mum and dad and you can do anything you want to and it doesn't really matter whether it works or not because sometimes yeah. you need to fail often and fail fast to actually become successful at something. Oh my gosh, exactly. And that's the best lesson in life, failure. So yeah, yeah, definitely. So I always say there's no such thing as failure, just lessons, unless you didn't learn the lessons and then you failed again at the same thing. And then, and then yeah. the failure was forgetting to learn the lesson. Yes, exactly. That's a good way to put it. Yeah, definitely. Um, definitely. So, um, so, so have you done any particular pivoting? Were you doing the online stuff before lockdown or have you pivoted during this time? So I've actually been doing learning about it for about three years. Yeah. I got inspired to even think about a business because I never thought about it um, like that. I wanted to write a book. So I went to this um, convention for book writing, which obviously I didn't write a book. I started. I, it's so much work. I gave that up very quickly after a few months, even working with an editor and everything. But yes, yeah, so I went and then they started to be very salesy to, to be like, oh, you need a platform, you need this, you need that. But if you have your own business, the opportunities are just endless. And I was like, interesting. So after that, I just really dove in because I was so curious and I was so excited about it that I just, you know, I've been learning, I've been learning for books and audiobooks and courses and stuff like that. Kind of like making, getting myself ready for what I wanted to know. And I, I don't know when you're ever ready, but I wanted to learn, have a, a little bit of a basis. But the COVID really pushed me into um, really do this like as a part-time job, really. Because I still work full-time and hopefully to, hope, hoping to, you know, eventually just transition to business. Um, but it gave me the time that I needed uh, to really push myself. And, and for some reason also like it gave me that drive that I really needed to not only spend like three hours a week doing something that I wanted to, because before that I had a blog, I was putting out content. Um, and, and I, but I really didn't know what my niche was going to be. No. What was and the then, blog about? Um, it was a lot of it was like self, um, self-education, self-help. So learning about like inner child and things like that, healing. So a lot of, a lot of it focused on wellness. Um, so now I'm transitioning more into like um, a business blog and also about the accent piece and stuff like that. Um, but I still, still do a little bit of wellness because I think, you know, it's all about the mind, body and soul connection. So I think all of it comes into play um, in terms of life, in terms of business, in terms of balance and everything. Um, so I'm, so I'm so still, Are you still doing that blog. Are you still doing the blog? I am. I What's am. it called? It's in my, it's at my website, lenalevinsky.com. Okay. Yeah. Um, so L I V I N S K Y. Um, yeah, so I'm still doing that, but I just one night because I wanted to do a podcast for like maybe two years, but yeah. then I just put it off. I was like, there's no time, you know, nobody's going to listen to me. Like what? I have no idea. I didn't know what to do. But then I just got this inspiration. I was just laying in bed. It was probably like April and I was like, I'm doing it. So yeah. the next day 
I just like learned everything I needed to get started. And yeah, and I started. I started. I, start, I started my podcast in April. The, oh, that's so fun. Yes. Yeah, yeah me too. I've I wanted to do it for so long, but thanks. Luckily, I mean, that's the positive of the situation. You know, I was just like, yeah. I have the extra time. I'm going to do it. That's yeah. exactly the same reason as me. So I actually registered my podcast in December. I set up oh, my introductory no. episode and then I didn't quite have crystallized what I wanted to do. So I, I went on a few podcasts in sort of like, uh, uh, I think February, March time. And then I got the idea for what I wanted to do my podcast. And then uh, as soon as lockdown happened, I want, initially I thought I was just going to help people with mental health problems, like motivation and positivity. Cause I knew I could see that there was going to yeah. be some issues, you know? Oh Yeah. It's and then so that's I, I call my podcast you can do it you know um and then um because i'm i used to be a corporate sales trainer and i'm a big networker and and i've had my own digital marketing agency for eight years as well so so i know sales marketing and networking really well so i thought well yeah. i gotta bring them into it as well make it more not just motivational and positive but also educational yeah. So I'm a massive into personal development as well. So I added a bit of that in there, and and now it's just a, it's a sort of um, an entrepreneurial podcast covering so many different areas and a bit of an entrepreneur academy. Really, go on and learn whatever you want to learn. You know, yeah. For free. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I mean, podcasts are huge, and yeah. I think more and more people are on it. And the value behind um, the ones that really apply to you, it, it's yeah. tremendous. Um, but I love your title. You can do it because it can apply to really, you know, entrepreneurs and it can apply anything. to like mental health, anything. Yeah. I'm a positive mental attitude person. I, I hate the half glass full or half glass empty because I'm a, I'm a glass full of an overflowing. Yeah. yeah. No such, no, no half full glasses in my house. Yeah, you know? <laughs> I love that. I love that. That's so and, great. Uh, and and so uh, you know the the glass is full and it's pouring out and you know you have to put another glass underneath it to catch the glass because it's so uh, positive and overflowing. And to yeah. me, the, the 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 you can do it whatever it is is can be done. And I hundred yeah. percent with all my heart and believe believe it can be done. And yeah. so. I want to sort of help other people to believe that too, because, um, you know, pretty much whatever it is, if you actually plan, you know, if you have a plan and you think big and you put a load of actions into place, then you can make it happen. A hundred percent. Yes. And, yeah. and like you said, a lot of the times people figure it out when they're a little bit older. Yeah. So hopefully now you're getting more of a young audience to help them do it earlier in life. Yeah. and to work towards you know what really makes them happy and that that's really really great um, i think most of my audience at the moment is like 35 to 40 that that, that age range like you know great. which is five years below me i'm 43 now so you know yeah. it's, it's the next generation of entrepreneurs just behind me but i need yeah. to reach out more to the real younger ones because I, I wish i had somebody doing what i'm doing that i could have learned off yeah. in my 20s because i was a young entrepreneur but I made all the mistakes that, that young entrepreneurs make, you know, and I want right. to help other people avoid those mistakes. But the thing is as well, I'm a bit of one of these, I'm a bit of a glutton for punishment. I like making the mistakes because I like to learn the lessons. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's the biggest teacher in life. Yeah. So yeah. As long, but, but what's neat is that a lot of the businesses are started online. So like you said, there isn't, you don't have to put up a capital before 
you start a lot of times you do not to you do not need to have a brick and mortar business which really involves a lot so usually what happened is probably you um it's rare to have like a 20 year old have a brick and mortar and start a business that's very physical but yeah. now because of the online space you know the risk is not is not that big i mean if you fail you fail but a lot of the times like like me i'm still working as a full-time speech language pathologist so people can still have a full-time job and do this on the side um so yeah. that's so i so i feel like the audience is getting bigger for those younger um younger entrepreneurs yeah and i think um yeah what, what i always say to those younger entrepreneurs is why spend all of their time on their iphone doing TikTok dances and and, and yeah. social media and stuff when they can actually do exactly the same things and make money out of it yeah exactly same skill set like you know so i do all of the things that kids do on their phone more or less i'm on social media all the time yeah i'm building yeah. groups on facebook i'm doing TikTok videos i do all the stuff they're doing i'm just monetizing it yeah Exactly. I think the younger generation sees the influencers as in like a business. So like, let me build my social media following. If I have like 2 million people on Instagram, I'm set. Well, what they don't know is, is that you don't own any of your social media followers. Like this isn't something that can be taken away. The algorithm can change. You can lose it tomorrow. You have no business. Right. So what they and don't also, know. Yeah. I think what's going to happen in the future anyway, is these social media companies going to charge you for those, uh, you know, so you're going to have to start paying. So, so you become, they'll become your landlord and they'll be like a bricks and mortar business and be a virtual bricks and mortar business with rates and tax and all that. That's how it's probably developed. Right. You know? Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah. So you have to really go back in time and focus on that email list that you have, which yeah. seems ancient, but it's not. Like that's yeah. the backbone of every online business. So yeah, well, actually, there's some innovation in that space because I, I I've got a partner now which uh, has just started doing um like uh, coaches, speaker, influencer apps where like all your social media comes into that app and you can you know keep the database so you own the asset. Yeah. Oh, great. So, um, yeah, that, I think that's the way forward because again, you know, I'm very weary. I've had it happen to me already. If you if you're very proactive with certain things, you can end up. You know, I, I had like thirty five thousand followers on a Twitter account, which I've now lost. <laughs> so you know, if you oh, don't wow. own the assets, if you don't own the assets, then th things like that can happen. I've had I had a. Um, a YouTube channel uh, shut down once uh, for copyright infringement. They, they, I couldn't speak to them and find out why or which video or whatever. You know what I mean? Oh, but wow. I only ever use my own videos. You know what I mean? But, right. but sometimes I've used like um, like uh, video creating apps where they put video where they put music on there and stuff. And maybe that's, you know, that's the only thing yeah. I can think of is maybe they didn't have the copyright for the music and then but, but you can't ever speak to these companies like you know sometimes when yeah. you lose stuff you just lose them and that's it and that's it oh that's so that's so um frustrating because you work so hard to have a following base and yeah. it, th that makes it really hard yeah um but that's but that's why like you know having an email list you own that for life so yeah. before you move on to an app like your friend is developing which i think is brilliant you know it's it's important to have that to to have that backbone yeah. uh, and have that space to communicate with your with your audience yeah. send them well, an email yeah i do i do websites and web design as well and what i always say is all your social media should be pushing people to your website to, to your database yeah. you know so exactly. it's to your assets not to their assets Yes, and don't push people out of your website into your social media.
No. Don't have like a million links on your website to be like, oh, go check out my Instagram. Like, no, <laughs> you know, keep them um, engaged and, you know, have the content that they would want on your website. Yeah, um, yeah not to direct them off. Yeah, um, so, yeah, because obviously if you, if you build the audience in someone else's domain, you're increasing the value of their domains. Because if you drive the traffic to your domains, then you're increasing the value of your domains. So, so ultimately, the domain that you own with your website can can become, you know, worth tens of thousands of pounds, hundreds of thousands of pounds if it has the traffic associated with it. Right, you know? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, and you also mentioned Facebook groups, which I think are huge, and it's yeah. such a great place to build a community because I think being an entrepreneur, especially. Um, an online entrepreneur, if, if you do not have a community, if you do not network, it can be a very, very lonely place. So having that group is, it's just incredible. Um, and you can really join a group for anything. You know, I have podcasting groups that I'm a part of. Um, there are groups for entrepreneurs. There, there's groups for speech language pathologists, anybody. So if you have any question, people are always so willing to help. So I, I love that online space. I'm in hundreds. I'm in hundreds of Facebook groups. I've probably gone near uh, somewhere between 50 and 100 of my own groups. I've got 100 yeah. on Facebook pages. Um, I, I'm part of 150 odd, maybe 200 WhatsApp groups. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, yeah. with, with the WhatsApp groups, I don't have to manage them. Someone else manages them for me. So they oh, just, they just they, uh, this, a friend of mine runs 150 odd groups and they just let me know if anyone posts in there. That's of relevancy to me. Yeah, so, that's, that's nice. Yeah. That's really neat to have that second set of eyes because it can yeah. get really overwhelming being in so many places. Yeah, exactly. Once. Like you know, especially if you get all the notifications, I get hundreds of notifications like from oh everywhere. Like, you know, and uh, yeah, yeah, you have to manage. You have to manage those sort of situations. So it's always for me. It's always coming up with new systems and new processes and stuff as you grow and take on more social media. That's how how you manage it all. Like you know. Oh, a hundred percent. It's, it's so hard. It's so overwhelming. Um, but as you get savvy, as you do it more and more, you, it gets a little bit easier. Um, mm. but I would definitely say if you're just starting out and you want to build an audience on a social platform, like don't have five of them, like focus mm. on one, start with one and then eventually you can transition into other ones. Uh, but definitely don't overwhelm yourself because then you're going to be selling yourself short, like start with one and do it strongly. Um, and then eventually move on. And, and what's neat too, is that you can monitor really where your traffic is coming from onto your website. So for example, um, I do, I like Instagram and I like to post on Instagram, but then I also make sure I post on Facebook and Pinterest because most of my traffic comes from Facebook and Pinterest onto my website. I'm able to see that with Google analytics. Um, and Pinterest is such a, such an incredible platform. Really majority of my traffic comes from there because it's a search engine. It's not a social, social platform. Yeah. So it's really, it's really neat the way you can put up your content in there and there are um, programs you can join. There's um, Tailwind, which I love because you can be part of tribes there. And then if you repost somebody else's uh, content, they will post yours. So you can really build a following in a, in a nice way by sharing other people's contents and your own content yeah. um, that way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's it. I, I've been using Pinterest for a long time myself, like, you know, so I get thousands of people finding, you know, my, my, my page and my content and all of that. And I share a lot of other people's 
content because I just uh, just about driving traffic all over the place and I don't mind yeah. helping other people out as well and driving traffic to them and you know uh, but also a, a big one I, I mean a, a big in the b2b space which is uh, business to business so obviously LinkedIn's really good at the moment for um, yeah. for getting organic viral posts LinkedIn is tends to be one of the easiest ones to get your post to go far all you have to do is get a few people to like and comment on your post within the first hour like 10 people and all of a sudden your post really? will, will go much further like you know yeah I even know that. Yeah, I, I don't use LinkedIn as much aside from making connections, which is kind of where we met. Yeah. And I think it's it has such huge potential, especially in entrepreneurship and business. So yeah. I really need to get it's on my it's on my to do list <laughs> to yeah, get postings on on LinkedIn. So a good strategy on LinkedIn is that I, I form um, pods, LinkedIn pods, yeah, which we manage oh. through a WhatsApp group. So we manage them through a WhatsApp group and we all post at the same time of day. So we can all sort of like, like and comment on each other's posts at the same time. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So then we're all helping to spread the message of each other. Plus we're all getting to learn what each other does. So you're building up that network of, of uh, referral partners or, you know, um, collaborators you know all that sort of stuff so um so that's really good and then another strategy i'm doing on linkedin at the moment because so many people are on linkedin is um i i use uh like i've got a because i'm a marketing company i've got a marketing company page and i've got a welsh business page because obviously i'm based in wales and i got a global business page because obviously i'm going global as well and what i do is all of the people who i follow and when i get their feed uh, in my feed of posts, I, I grab their URLs and post them on my own pages. So I'm sharing oh, their content and yeah. I build up my audience then because obviously my audience then is people who I'm sharing of their content plus also people who are interested in those other people's content. So I'm like an aggregator of content on my own pages, which is, uh, you know, helping them to grow nicely. That's so neat. That's such a good strategy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yes, yeah, so I'm big into collaborating, Lucy. And I think if you, I'm always happy to go first. So if you start sharing other people's content, then they feel obliged to share yours. I don't do yeah. it because I want them to share mine. I I just like sharing theirs. Yeah. Know? I just like sharing theirs anyway and helping them out. But people do generally, if they're good people, yeah. they generally feel obliged to return the favor. So. I mean, yeah, and, and you realize a lot of times, like having conversations, like we just met like an hour ago. But I can already tell your content is amazing because you have so much experience, so much, so much to learn. So I'll be happy to, um, to yeah. do that, you know, uh, especially sharing the right kind of content. And I think what I really love about entrepreneurship is that there is enough to go around for everybody. Like yeah. there is no need for you to be like, no, 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 just my content. Like I do not need to share anybody else's. Uh, just it's not the right mindset to be in. Um, no, I most people don't realize how big the world is you know that's what i find like you know like uh, they don't realize how many people there are in there and how many businesses there are and that. so that scarcity mindset that a lot of people do have there's yeah. just no need for it there's no need for it <laughs> you know, there's really? no need for the world is massive like you know what i mean and yeah. like like for me i don't ever see any comp competitors or competition i just see people i can help and they can help me and we can work together and you know we're going to grow together like you know yeah that's a beautiful mindset. And I think a lot people need to adapt that mindset uh, because making these true connections and having that 
it's really powerful to really do something out of the goodness of your heart and to spread the positivity and, and help other people uh, because energetically it's such a, it's such a, an amazing shift in the world. We need to help each other. So yeah, well, the, yeah, the, the human race needs it. It needs people to help yeah. each other, you know, and, and also um, the world needs it. You know, at the end of the day, like, I think we were quite divided before coronavirus and coronavirus has probably yes. united us a little bit more, but there's still massive divisions going on in the world. You know, there's like, um, like in the UK, there's like Brexit, you know, it's like in Europe, out of Europe. In America, there's like, you know, the Democrats and the socialists have yeah. never been so far apart, I think, you know, so divided. I think there's the black and white issues and there's the Me Too and, you know, sexism and racism. There's all these sort of divisive issues. And then there's also yeah. um, things like, um, you know, the green, you know, where the, the, the economy, you know, the... The, um, uh, the Green New Deal. Um... Is it not economy? Um, I don't know the planet basically saving the yeah. planet. You know, there's a lot <laughs> of people global agreeing, warming, yeah. yeah, global warming and all that. There's a lot of people disagreeing about you know whether you know it's true or not and all that. So I think the world's quite divided on a lot of these subjects. Yeah. And I think actually, as a race, we need to get uh, on the same page with a lot of them because it's only as a world, as a human race, that we can actually crack some of these problems, like the coronavirus. It's going to probably take a global effort to sort yeah. it out, you know? A hundred percent, yes. And, and global warming is definitely a global effort. There's no point, you know, a couple of countries getting involved and then the other countries not because uh, you, won't, you won't get nothing done. Exactly, exactly. We all need to work together and need to support each other. Yeah. And, and, you know, for the goodness of the world and for the goodness of ourselves as well, being in that mindset, it's, it's healing. It's a healing energy. If you do have that scarcity mindset where you're just like thinking about me, 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 there isn't enough. I need to do this. I need to have money, money, money. You know, that's, that's poisonous to yourself. Yeah. It's, it's definitely not, not healthy. And eventually it might manifest in a very unhealthy way. So you need to have that balance. Um, and that, that, that's sort of part of the education that I'm trying to help young entrepreneurs as well, really, is trying to, you know, not, not just educate them on the skills they need to be successful, but actually the mindset they need to be successful too, um, yes. you know, of um, collaborating, of, you know, being positive, of not really worrying what other people are doing, you know, not, not competing with them, but just competing with yourself, really, to be the best version of you that you can yes. be, not, not really worrying about other people, that, you know. Oh, yes, exactly. Exactly. Because really where, where your happiness starts is within you. You cannot rely on other people around you to make you happy because you're just going to be disappointed. It's, it's all hidden with, within you, um, within your own mind, within your own life. Um, and once, and I think it's, it's really great. So I work with a therapist because I, I liked to have that person walk me through a lot of the things, a lot of the steps and you know, kind of um, the trauma or whatever happened to me, like when I was younger. Um, and for a lot of people that might look differently because you hear trauma, you think like, oh, like something huge happened, you were in an accident, like you're sexually assaulted. It doesn't have to be that. It could be as a child having an impression of something huge happening to you when it was really like a misunderstanding or something that uh, wasn't that big of a deal, but you interpret it that way as a child. So then you form these negative blocks which later follow you in life um, and you form these beliefs about yourself and about the world you're in 
um, that are, you know, based on your impressions as a child. So having a therapist and reading books and really looking within and looking back at your life can be extremely healing and freeing when you're yeah. an adult. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I had a, a session on a friend of mine's podcast called Fire in the Belly, um, where he took me through my life story, starting from, you know, young childhood right the way through. And I suppose it's the first time I've ever really thought about my life in a chronological order. Mm-hmm. Yeah, from start yeah. To, to, to end, if you like, from start to where I am now. And it really helped me to crystallize my why. So I've always yeah. been around my why, I think, for a long time, because I'm in tune with what I like to do, my high values, you know, the things that, you know, I, I, I tend to chase the things I enjoy and, and not just do the stuff that I'm getting paid to do but don't enjoy. I've always tried, to, I've always had a mindset of, you know, you've got one life, so why spend it doing things you don't want to do? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so, but, yeah. But, but it helped me to crystallize my why, you know, so I think what you said is right, you know, um, having therapy or, or actually just thinking about your life from the beginning to the end is it, it was quite a cathartic, a cathartic uh, thing for me, like, you know, and it really helped me to form, I was all you know, doing lots of contemplation anyway during this lockdown and stuff, but it helped me to form my life mission, which I was already close to, but it really crystallized. And that's what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. I formed it after that podcast, I think, um, the beginning of lockdown. Wow, that's incredible. And perfect time to do that too, beginning with the lockdown, to give you that extra time to really think it through. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, but a lot of times we're just lost in life. Like we, we, I feel like we follow along with the patterns of our society that it's formed for us. And even though, you know, the goals are great, you have a family and then you have a job and then you have a baby, you have a house and all, it's, it's great, it's lovely, but a lot of times it's just not enough. So just by following through with what the society expects of you and making money, it's great. But you really need to look within to see what makes me happy. Um, because I, you know, I did and many people do. Like you go to school when you're so young and you make this decision for kind of the rest of your life. Like this is my profession. This is what I'm going to do. And in America, you also have the student loans that like follow you <laughs> as this dark shadow you know, over your head because you need to pay those off. So to think about like career change can be so difficult because you're like, well, I just paid like so much money for this school. So because I am making money, I have a salary, like I'm going to stay with it. But sometimes it's just not what you want to do. Um, So I think looking within and really finding out who you truly are and who you're meant to be, uh, it's not only going to make you happier, it's also going to help the people that you're meant to serve. Um, in however capacity that is, whatever, whatever you end up doing. Yeah, that's uh, that's something actually I, I think I, I might like to educate parents on as well. Is because I think so many parents push push down their regrets, their missed opportunities yeah. onto their children. Yes. And I think sometimes you've got to let the children decide what's best for them. Rather, there's so many parents want their child to be a certain profession. I want my son to be a doctor. I want him to be a dentist. I want him to be a solicitor. And they go into that and then they have a midlife crisis halfway through and they want to do something else because it was never really something they wanted. It was what yeah. was forced upon them. Yeah. And then they're angry at their parents because they put the, you know, that stressor in their lives. They, you know, they make them feel like they have to do that to please them because we are kind of groomed to please as a society, please other people. 
I think growing up, especially, especially women, a lot of times, like, you know, you're really groomed to please the men and you're, and please, um, the husband, um, and really, really focus on the family instead of like, and not really focus on yourself because you need to serve everybody. Um, so yeah, so the parents, a lot of times they, they just like, think they have an idea of what's going to make them happy because they do know which careers pay and which careers are a good investment. Uh, but it doesn't work that way. I really like never suggest anybody, uh, influence their child's decision of what, and what they want to do, but rather, um, give them the opportunity to, to really explore who they are. And you yeah, can do what, that. In what actually ways. really pays, what really pays is the passion and the energy and the enthusiasm in what you do in life. Yeah. And actually that is whatever sets your soul on fire. You exactly. Know? exactly. Yeah, so, so if somebody's not excited to be a doctor, uh, a teacher, a, a solicitor, whatever, then yes, they're well-paying jobs. But if, for example, they just obsessed by being an artist, then artists aren't well-paying jobs. And those other jobs are better, but they're more likely to succeed to super success in something that they are extremely passionate about than something that is sensible, but they're not really that bothered by. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, because they also have that messaging in their head, like growing up, uh, like, oh, artistry doesn't pay, even though they might have been excited about it as children. Then they hear the negative messaging, like, oh, to make it as a musician, the odds are really small. Like, that's not a real career choice. You need to go to school. You need to go to college. You need to. So, yeah, there's a lot of negative beliefs that we form as children, like going back to what we said before, because of the influence of our usually well-meaning parents and the well-meaning society around us and the school. The school doesn't pre like prepare us for real life. You just kind of go along with the curriculum. You do learn, uh, but it prepares you to take tests in life, right? And then it judges you. Like, oh, this is, um, you know, the math test. Like, I got a 75 on. Like, it doesn't really truly um, measure your ability of what your knowledge of math is or math in life or, or life in general is but it will give you that grade and that grade, it's kind of really not, you know, not a viable source of who you truly are as a person because it's another person judging you. Um, but it can really form beliefs around you. If you were like a C student and I don't know what the, um, in United Kingdom or Wales, the equivalent is for grading, but if you're just not a and you go through life thinking I'm a fair like I can't do this like I wasn't yeah. there and you know and it really it's, it's the curriculum you're learning that may not be um the best measure of your abilities yeah or the teacher or the style of learning or all sorts because we all learn different ways and like I say I quite like audio some people can they need to write it down or they need to to see it like you know what I mean I, I like audio um I suppose because I'm a communicator you know I have good yeah. communication skills so I can take out of audio what I need to, I can listen well. Yeah. As well. Yeah. You know, where some people can't listen, they can't concentrate. So there's no point feeding them audio if they're not if it's gonna go in one ear out the other. Exactly. Exactly. Everybody has a different style of learning. I'm a definitely like a photog I have a photographic memory. So I look at something and then instead of like realizing the what I read, I'll be like see a picture of it and then I'll remember things. Um yeah. and the, and it varies in different occasions. But yeah, everybody is different. Um, and then there is more kids now growing up with disabilities and they need 
to have that extra extra help. And a lot of times they go through the system, uh, not really understanding what's going on, not learning in the way that they're supposed to learn and specific to them because they're just like get thrown into the system. Yeah. Um, yeah so. Are you are you on Facebook as well? Because I um I've got a group on Facebook called Strong Communicators, which is yes. a global community for um for communicators. Yes, I, and, I'm uh, on Facebook under Alina Levinsky, so I'd love yeah. to join that. Yeah, I'll join that. And then um, I actually do a mastermind. I started it last Sunday, so this is my second oh, week, um, which great. is for that community. So it's a strong communicators mastermind. And it's a mastermind to, designed to help everyone, help each other to really get some benefit out of the community. So not a, not a theoretical mastermind, but a... Uh, a theory into application into collaboration sort of mastermind i love that i love that i love masterminds yeah i i want to have one as well because i think there there's such an opportunity for growth yeah. and networking and and learning it's it's incredible yeah definitely yeah. so i can invite you to that one because you definitely would be uh, suitable as a strong yeah. you know, as podcaster blogger you know you, you're very your history is very similar to mine you know we started a yeah. podcast exactly the same time you know? <laughs> I know. So, um, so funny so, yeah so so, so the, you know and i don't want a, a a mastermind of exactly the same people um but it helps if they're people who have similar sort of values and and an and understanding of certain things but then with mm -hmm. different perspectives of it and different ideas about it etc because that's why i'm building a global one that's why i do it yeah. two o'clock on a sunday because it gets it's, it's early in the morning for americans and it's late at night for australians but i want mm -hmm. everyone around the world to be in it because we're, we're all in similar fields like podcasting and speaking and social media influencing and that sort of thing but we're in we see it from different countries, different perspectives, and, and that. And at some point in the future, I may well do a, a communicators event. You know, yeah, where, you know, a bit like um, you know, a bit like when you have a digital marketing event or a you know social media event, or you know, so we do do one for communicators, yeah. where speakers and basically I want to become a global speaker. That's my mission to be one of the top global speakers yeah. on the planet in in my area of expertise. Oh. And uh, sometimes one of the best, one of the best ways to uh, to leverage yourself as a global speaker and get and become a uh, get a big speaking gig, a headline speaking gig, is by putting on your own event. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Ah, uh, I love that. It could be much I quicker to get. So, so I'm a strategist, like you know what I mean. So I'm like, well, do I do I build my reputation up a long time to get a, a top speaking gig, or do I put a major speaking event on and give myself the top speaking gig? give yourself the platform yeah. i love that i love that that's that's the way to do it just go out and do it don't yeah. wait for somebody else to come along and invite I'm, you in just go out and do it you know, i, I yeah. could do that i'm capable so so i'm doing a mastermind but at the same time it's a bit of a okay let's all build a team and maybe let's you know do a big event together at some point i love that and it's so funny that this is your focus because if you asked me this like 10 years ago or whatever that i would be like even consider myself a communicator or a speaker i'd be like what like no <laughs> I, I hate public speaking i i hate it i it's like my least favorite thing but you change you yes. yeah you really change you grow and you you do it with like little little tiny steps one step at a time yeah, yeah exactly like you know i like I, I was blogging for 15 years so i've actually i've done 728 episodes on my podcast 
Wow. Since yeah, April, yeah. because I'm on a mission to do more podcast episodes than anyone else has ever done in their first year or ever in a oh year. Oh my God, how are you doing this? You're like yeah. a wizard. Uh, but, um, but that's because I am 100% determined on. So, so, see, another strategy to becoming the top speaker is do something that no one else has ever done. So people want to get you on and talk about it. Yeah. That's incredible. Uh, That's incredible. So, um, so I'm on a mission to do that as well. And, and funny enough, um, we started a podcast at the same time. I've got a yeah. map of the world. I got a map of the world on my wall as well. Um, so I'm yeah, your map of the world there. Yes, yes. I have two. I'm going to move it up a little bit. Okay. Underneath is my husband's. The black one is mine. But we, okay. I mean, we've been to most of the same countries. But have you got pins in it? I don't. But you scratch it off. So okay. to see like which countries you've been to. Okay, so it's um, a scratch off one rather than a pinned one, yeah? Yeah, it's a scratch off one. But I like I the pinned one too. I got a pinned one, yeah, when I put pins in, where I'm connecting with people. So where either where yeah. I've networked with them or I've had them on my podcast or I've done something beyond just met them. Because I, 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 my pin might fill up too quickly if it was just I met someone. Because I do yeah. a lot of networking. For the last yeah. six months, I've been doing six to ten events a week. Oh my goodness, you are on a roll. So out yeah, <laughs> so, so of my 700 episodes, I've done about 200 chats with people. Uh-huh. And that's where I get all of my people from, all the networking events that I've been on. Okay, okay. Yeah. So um, I do like a speed networking on a Thursday evening, seven till uh, nine, which mm-hmm. is with a group, uh, it's based in America, but people all around the world join it. Um, it's run by a guy called Gerard Solution. Heyman or Hellman and he, he runs mm. a lot of uh, LinkedIn groups as well Ger- Gerard Heyman and mm. um, Gerard Hammond I think it is actually it's G-E-R-A-R-D H-A-M Hammond H-A-M-A-N I think something like that and he runs a big two big LinkedIn groups I think he's got more than that but at least two he does this speed networking event where there's 50, 60 people, and they're different people every week as well. Some same, some different. And uh, you get to speak to all of those. So I could put 50, 60 different places in that That's one so event cool. if I wanted, but I only do it oh, when, wow. I've, when I've had a follow-up with them or I get to know them or I, when you really, I'm connected yeah. with them in some way, like, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. My mission is to fill up, fill up the map of the world with red pins, like, you know? Oh, I love that mission. Yeah, yeah it's it's a... To have that global uh, community, it's, yeah, a, it's so, incredible. So, so, yeah, and I'm a massive networker anyway. So I had a massive network in the UK before I went global, and now I've mm-hmm. gone global. So I can stick another one in New York. And um, in fact, yeah. in my mastermind, I got a really good girl who's um, from New York as well, and she's into oh. personal development and all of that as well. So you oh, should definitely so connect lovely. with her. Her name's uh, um, Jenna Dalton. Okay. Um, I love she, that. She, she's similar sort of mindset to yourself as well. So you you get on um, Jennifer Dalton. Jen, Jennifer Dalton, her name is. Okay. She's on my Facebook and uh, I think on my LinkedIn as well. She's in my uh, global, uh, my um, uh, strong c- communicators group, and uh, and then she comes on the mastermind event. So uh, if you fancy, if you're free tomorrow at um, it's nine o'clock in the morning your time. Uh-huh. If you're free, you can come on. I'll send you a link and um, you can get to meet Jennifer and uh, the other masterminds. They're all podcasters at the moment, I think, actually. But I don't want it to to be just all podcasts. But but most podcasters aren't just podcasters. So they're either coaches or they're trainers or they're speakers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. But but they all have a podcast. And 
um, I'm looking to grow it to 12 to 15. So once I've got 12 to 15 regulars, then I won't probably invite anyone else. If other people, if I happen to meet someone and they want to join, then great. But I won't proactively look for people right. like at you, the moment to get it. I, want, I, want, I think 15 is good. Everyone else I think has that's 12. a good list. Yeah, yeah, a good think, number, like, you know? yeah. So it's not, so you still have a nice connection with people. It's not like too many people. And it's not too overwhelming. That's right. Yeah, they do number. 15. 15 works well into an hour. Everyone gets four minutes each, like, you know, in, in some yeah. way or whatever. So we can all have like a minute to tell everyone what everyone does. But then over time, you don't need to tell everyone what everyone does. I like to do yeah. sort of like um, win, you know, successes and uh, successes of the week and struggles maybe so we can help you know maybe brain brainstorm those successes and share them and and um, you know help people overcome their problems you know that's sort of thing and then and then you know just what can we do to help each other that sort of thing I want, want, want people to I get some, some productivity out of it and then also I, a bit of yeah. yeah a bit of connectivity then on things like LinkedIn and Facebook so we all get to know each other across platforms and, and what we all do. Yeah. yeah. And I, and I love it because you get to have that connection piece being on a zoom call and seeing that person and really learning about what they do. Um, yeah. This is why I love masterminds. I just yeah. think they're, they're just like such an amazing way to build a community and to build a network there, I think, and, and learn so much because there's so many people with so much value to really give you their perspective on what you're doing. So, yeah. I mean, it's a win-win, I think. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You can't go wrong with it, really. So, and also things yeah. like book recommendations and yeah. you know, uh, you, YouTube video recommendations. There's all sorts of the power of the power of ten, if you like, or the power of twelve, yeah. the power of fifteen. That yeah. increased power just means that the sharing of knowledge and strategies and everything just gets compounded. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. It's and and it, you literally come out of there. It's an hour event usually, and it's you just come out with like this different perspective on things and with so many things to look up and 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 um, look forward to. So, yeah. Yeah, well, I'm a, I'm a sales and marketing director for a company called Intrabiz, and Intrabiz um, do a global networking event at uh, on a Friday, nine till eleven. Uh -huh. but, but it's no good for Americans, unfortunately, because it's too early in the morning. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I keep trying to get them. They used to do a Wednesday evening as well, um, like uh, eight o'clock in the UK, which would be, you know, like uh, midday, two p.m. or so, or three p.m. I think it's five hours. It'd be about three p.m. Yeah, five yeah. p.m. Yeah, sorry, midday in uh, Pacific, the West yeah. West Coast, like, you know. But so yeah. so that that would be great for America. So I'm trying to get them to do an event on a Wednesday evening again at some point because yeah. I, I connect with a lot of Americans because. I think I, I'm much more American in my mindset than British. British is very <laughs> sort of, um, you know, a bit more sort of um, support the underdog and that sort of thing. Whereas the American mindset is just go out for the win and to total yeah. domination and stuff like that, which is sort yeah. of more my more my, my mindset. Like, you know? That that sounds very American. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes. You know, go just sort there. of like the American dream. You can achieve whatever you want to achieve. Just go exactly. for it. Go hard yeah. or go home. You know yeah. all that sort of thing. So. <laughs> So, you know, I, I love my country and stuff, but there are a lot of people who are, are, are not like that in this country. And I think, like, you know, I'm like, yeah, let's, you know, let's compete. I want to be a global speaker because all of them are American and I love the American mindset. I love the American, um, you know, win, winning mentality, but I don't yeah. believe they should all be just Americans as the top global no. speakers on the planet. Absolutely, you know I mean? absolutely. To not. me, like, no. you know, us Brits have been 
going longer than the Americans actually as a country. Oh and, yeah, and, <laughs> much longer. Yeah, exactly. As a, as a country, we, we've been going a long time and, you know, we know business really, really well. And, and why haven't any of us elevated to a, a global position in speaking? I don't know why, but I'm gonna, my mission is to change that. I love that mission. Yeah, because it should be a, a global community. When you have the yeah. top speaker, it shouldn't be just a mindset from America only, you know, teaching you these things. It should be people from all around the world. Yeah, so. I think it's because of things like Jim Rohn and Tony Robbins, you know, and then and then now Brian Tracy, Les Brown. I think, you know, there's just been some really amazing um, speakers um, from America. And, 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 and obviously Jim Rohn taught Tony Robbins. So it's like come back, mm -hmm. it's come down the, the trees. But I think it's time that there were some, you know, Africa, South Africans, probably Aussies, you know, Brits yeah. on that same level, like, you know, and I can't really think of too many, like, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but like you said, the, I think the mindset in America is big. Like you said, it's different. It's go big or go home and yeah. really dominate and get out there and get it. You can do whatever you want. So I think that's why it's it's like socially acceptable here to be like oh yeah, that's, and that's the country's so big the country's so big it allows the platform to launch superstars global people because yeah. it's big because you know the uk is not as big you know yeah. i think the uk population is 80, 80 million and america's 200 and something million i think i think it's 300 and something Maybe 300 yeah. yeah yeah so so it's a much bigger platform but the Brits have broken America when it's come to movies, actors, uh, music, yeah. you know, we've, we've managed to infiltrate all parts of America because yeah. we speak the same language and we, we have different things to offer than Americans. But yeah. for some reason, we haven't seemed to crack the speaking market. Like, no? Yeah. But it's interesting because Americans love a British accent. Yeah, they do. They love do. But, 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 yeah. They do love a British accent. That's why I'm amazed. You know, I think actually there hasn't been that many British speakers. You know, the top entrepreneurs from Britain have been people like Lord Sugar. He don't like speaking. Yeah. Mm. Um, Richard Branson, who I don't know yeah. why he, he doesn't seem to like speaking. You don't see him speaking everywhere, but he likes to, yeah. uh, send, likes to be a centre of attention and publicity and stuff. So I don't know why, why, why he hasn't done a lot of speaking. But you know, those two would be, you know, popular speakers if they wanted to do it. And then, exactly. There haven't been that many others. Like you know, there's there's a lot of high-profile entrepreneurs in in the UK, like Dragons Den people and various people. But you just don't see anyone knowing yeah. the levels of of the of the Americans, like which is yeah. Well, amazing. maybe the the younger generation that you're training and you're aiming to educate, maybe somebody, maybe the mindset will shift then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, you know, hopefully, I can I I can set somebody. It'll take somebody to crack a global basis to do then what Jim Rohn done and train the mentor, mentees, if you like, to, to bring through the next wave. And then all of a sudden, it's like, it's like anything. Once, you, once one cracks it, the next generations want to uh, emulate it as well then. Like, you know, so it's that once you get one do it, everyone does it. But, uh, you know, it might be me. Yeah. You never know. It could yeah. be anyone else. But, uh, I hope it's you. Yeah, yeah. I, think, um, I think with this globalization now happening as well, you know, it's more likely that, you know, maybe more people will hit the stage because you know, maybe you don't have to do the speaking tour of America, but you can do it online, you know, because there's a lot of stuff going online now, isn't it? So many, so many summits, so many events yeah. and so many great events. Yeah. And I think, and people are being very generous right now too, because of COVID and everything like that. So there is a lot of stuff that you can get for very cheap or even yeah. free. 
So it's just about like taking part in it and giving yourself time to, you yeah. know, take advantage of that. You just teamed so me up lovely, actually. You know, the Intrip is uh, a network that I said to weekly events and actually doing a three day global summit at the end of November. There 20, you go. 25th, 6th and 7th, completely free to attend, three days. That's amazing. And, um, and, and, and we got 30 speakers from around the world. Um, all the top headlines are the, the Americans, Sharon Lecter, Les Brown, Brian Tracy, wow. Dr. John D. Martini, Jarek Robbins, Tom Ziegler, um, Rob Moore, who's, a, who's actually a British podcaster. Um, they're in talks. They're trying to get some of the big boys, you know, like Tony Robbins yeah. and Richard Branson. Yeah. Grant Cardone. Well, They've had Grant Cardone before. So, yeah, uh, yeah they, 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 so it's, it's, it's like probably 15 world-class speakers and then 15, you know, up-and-coming speakers. That's amazing. That's, so that's an incredible be, event. Wow. Yeah, it's going to be really good. Yeah, so uh, keep an eye out for that. If you go to interviews.co.uk, yeah. you can sign up to that. So and uh, that, that should be okay for American timelines. Um, but if it's not as well, they're actually going to they're going to be selling a, a video of the three day event for just ninety seven pounds. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah, that's, that's um, value loaded right there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, you you pay ninety seven dollars just to get listen to Les Brown or or Sharon, Sharon Lecter for for half an hour. You more. pay more than that, wouldn't you? You pay a lot yeah. more. Yeah. yeah, of course so you would. Yeah, <laughs> but they're they're doing it again, just like everyone else is at the moment. You know, everyone's in that wanting to help everyone else's phase, like, you know, because it's a tough time. It's like, you know, let's not make a load of money on it. Let's just cover our costs and give people value. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I, I love that. And, and yeah, and there's so many events like that, incredible events uh, where you really should take advantage of right now because of the, what the situation in the world. People are being very, very generous. Yeah, well, I've, I've read, I've read over... Um, I think uh, 16, maybe 18 audio books, like listen to audio books um, during the lockdown. And I've probably been on somewhere in the region of, I've probably been on, like I said, probably over 50 masterclass events, which are all free. <laughs> yeah. And I've probably done somewhere in the region of 10, 12, maybe 15 online courses in the last six wow. months as well, like, you know? Yeah, that's, that's a lot. That's a lot, that's incredible. Yeah, yeah, I'm doing some online courses too, um, but there's so much. Sometimes you just don't know where to focus on. So yeah, well, I've been learning. I've been, I'm constantly upskilling anyway. So if I wasn't doing those courses, I actually go on YouTube and do my own courses. Just learn yeah. what I want to learn, like you know, by, by yeah, watching the videos a, and, and and implementing it, like you know. YouTube is such a goldmine of knowledge. It's incredible. Yeah, yeah, that's and yeah. it's a uh, especially and for those visual learners, you know, it's good to have to go on YouTube as well. If you don't learn well by just listening to books, like go and watch videos. There's so much you can do. Yeah, yeah, um, definitely. And um, you know, I, I I'm a social media expert. I've been doing social media for a long time. But one of the courses I did was a social media diploma course. There you go. Because wow. you can, you can never learn enough. You know, even if you're yeah. an expert in something, you can still learn more. Of course. And the algorithms keep on changing. Yes, so you exactly. constantly so, have to learn more. Yeah, well, that's, that's why I like social media, because I like learning. And yeah. I like to stay ahead <laughs> of the game, if you like. And social media allows you to stay ahead of the game, because it's constantly developing. So It really if, does. 
Yeah. yeah. If you haven't, if you haven't, if you don't keep up with the, all of the changes, then you you quick you you can quite quickly drift behind the curve, like you know. Yeah. No. For definitely, definitely, and and the pressure is there, but you can do it. You can do it. You know, as, as once you learn one, it's easy to transition those skills into other platforms as well. Yeah. So. Well, exactly. A lot. A lot of them. Once you. Yeah. They, you know. It's like. Um, the LinkedIn algorithm for likes and comments within a, cer a certain time. I think Instagram started doing a similar sort of thing. You can sort I of, think so. Yeah, you can see you can see the trends and the changes, and because all these social platforms watch each other as well. So as soon as something good comes on one, you know, it, it gets adapted, or you know, like the like buttons and the share buttons, and you know, they all copy each other eventually. It's like hashtags. Hashtags that yeah. started off in Twitter. You know, but everywhere uses hashtags now, like, you know? Everywhere. And I think Facebook changed now where if you don't use hashtags in your post, like, it might not be as visible. Um, people were commenting about that, that their posts are getting, like, buried, uh, where, especially in groups, like, they used to have so many people commenting on them, but it's, yeah. it's, um, it's changing where you need them on Facebook as well. Yeah. Um, a little, a little social media tip. I don't know if you do it or not, but it's a free one. It works really, really well for me. So I actually use the hashtag Mike Armstrong for all my content. Oh. So if you actually if you actually Google search hashtag Mike Armstrong or look for it in any social media, you'll just find me because I've used mm -hmm. it so much that, you know, I just, I, I, I've sort of taken over the hashtag really. So I'm not the only person with that name, but because I've used it so much. You know, mm -hmm. most other people I doubt would use it because their content will just get lost in mine. Yeah. yeah. So they have to create their own content, their, their own hashtag, like, you know, or yeah. they can compete with me, which if they want to do that, that's fine. Yeah. I have one too, but I, I just don't have enough followers where I feel like it means anything yet, but hopefully one day. Just keep building um, it up, you know, that's, that's how, yeah. that's uh, uh, every following that means something started off at a following that didn't mean anything. Exactly. You know? Exactly. You know, every every two million followership started off with one follower. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Um, and it's great to build that following where people really like want to read your content rather than just be like, just just get the likes and get the anybody to follow you. You know, it's about the engagement. So even if you start off slow and build it up slow, I think as long as you have the right people following you who are truly interested in what you have to say, like. Yeah. I think you're, you're onto something. That was it. That, that was like with my podcast. I just thought, I don't really care how many people listen to it. As long as I can help someone, you know, because yeah. I, I put it out there to help some help people, like, you know, so if I help one person, then it's done its job. So, you know, I don't think you should ever do anything for the numbers. Never. Exactly. Because then um, you're bound to fail, honestly, because it's like with the money. Like if you're just yeah. doing this for the money and you're not passionate about it, you don't want to help people, just, no. just don't do it. No, that's you know, right. yeah. it's not what it's about. No, so if you align your values with what you're doing and then, you know, so for me, you know, I put my content out there, you know, yes, I want people to listen to it, you know, but as long as I can oh, help one person, then it's worthwhile. And I, I know it'll help one person because just time, time means that it'll do that. Like, you know, over time, I've already, I've had lots of people say, oh, that helped me or this helped me or whatever. And, yeah. you know, over time, you know, the more it gets listened to, the more it's going to help people. But, you know, I don't worry if it's going to be the top podcast in the world. I'd like it to be, you know, but I don't right. worry if it's not. It's as long as it's... can reach more people. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, I just wrote a blog post about the imposter syndrome and one person commented like, this is exactly what I needed to hear. Thank you so, so, so much. And you know what? Made my day. Like yeah. it's what she needed. And, and this is what I put out at the right time. It's very serendipitous. And that's kind of what you aim to do. You aim yeah. to help people um, in however way you can. Yeah, definitely, definitely. On that note, I've got something else I've got to do after this uh, podcast episode. So, yeah. and actually, I haven't eaten yet, and it's half past two, so it's uh, oh way gosh, gone. Yes. It's way gone much <laughs> time. So, um, so yeah, I'm going to say uh, it's been great chatting to you. It's uh, it's been really good. I really had a great uh, conversation, and uh, I look forward to connecting with you in lots of other ways. And, me too. Uh, Thank you I'm very so much grateful. for coming on the podcast. Uh, you know? Thank you for having me. I had such a great time. This was lovely. Thank you. Yeah. I can't wait to connect more. Brilliant, brilliant. Yeah, so uh, yeah, tag me in on anything that you're ever promoting because uh, I've got an audience established and I'm happy to share it. So, uh, you know, I, I don't, uh, lots of people tag me in constantly. So I might not always see it, especially if it's on Facebook because I got billions of notifications. So yeah. I sometimes see them, I sometimes don't. But uh, <laughs> if I see it, I'll share it. Thank you. And likewise, my, my following is not as large as yours, but... I, I'm happy to share because I know you offer great, great content for people. Um, oh, yeah. So I'll be happy to do that. Thank you. Thank you again. Yeah, thank, thank you very you. much. And just have an awesome day. Okay. You too. Thank you. Yes. Bye-bye. Bye, Mike. Right. There's nothing else left for me to say other than have a great day. I know I will. And thanks very much for listening. Cheers. Bye-bye.